0: Shamini, thank you for joining today's podcast, the Healthy Indian Podcast. As you both know, we've been friends on Clubhouse for about a month now. And this podcast is going to be different from all other podcasts because this is more interactive. We've actually known each other and we're actually friends outside of this podcasting session. So I just want to give a shout out to Shamini and Avril for coming on this show. They're great and big on mental health. They're huge advocates of it. And we can dive right in, girls. Nice to meet you.
1: Woohoo. Thanks for having me. Hey. Oh my gosh. This is very different from our regular clubhouse chat. So hi everyone. Hi Shamini. Hi Omong. Hi, Avril. Hi Among.
2: I'm glad to be hey here. Guys. I feel like this is gonna be a great discussion. And yeah, like Among said, very free flowing. We're gonna just go with the flow.
0: For sure. Right, right. For
1: sure. And I'm this- glad Omong didn't butcher our names this time. So I know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: I'm working on. It. I'm working on it. Just like a hundred <laughs> tries, but you know, a hundred, hundred and one times is the charm, right? So, um, yeah, you know. So just mental health. Let's just get right into it. Uh, you know, um, it's just something that I started this podcast with when I thought of an idea one day. I kind of just woke up and I thought, like, man, I like when I when I went through my first episode of anxiety. I kind of thought thought about like how many people go through this? And I thought it was just me and only me. So I never could but kind of voice like how I felt and the way I was feeling, especially to a Brown family or Brown parents, because they think it's kind of like a phase and they kind of think, um, you know, it's just something you can get over. It's not really like a mental thing. It's probably just more of a, the, your environment kind of just, it's like a physical thing. Maybe you're just, you know, you're not feeling good that day and tomorrow you're back to your usual self. Obviously that's not the case. And um, you know, like coming from a place where I first uh, like found that anxiety was a real thing was when it, when it came to my driving, I couldn't drive properly on highways. And, um, that's when my, my anxiety kind of spiked up and, um, you know, I just couldn't focus on the road. I I felt like I was going to hit people. I felt I was going to get an accident every minute. I actually got in three to four accidents. Surprisingly, they weren't my fault, but that just, you know, promoted my anxiety even more. And it was, I was at a place where I was just like, yo, I can't drive. And now I have to like, you know, meditate and actually go to a therapist and kind of like, you know, convey my thoughts um, and articulate how I feel and when I'm feeling and how to take rest. So that's just like my, my, my small short story. I'm sure we have a lot more to cover, but you know, to Shamini and Avril you know, uh, you, you feel free to share your stories, you know. Um, I would like to know, like, where it started for you guys and how you guys are kind of uh, dealing with it now and, you know, where you guys are in, in, in this point in time, especially the pandemic with the with the whole situation with regarding anxiety and things like that.
1: I'm going to let t- uh
2: start. I was going to ask you too. Okay, I'll jump in. Uh, so for me, okay, so... Uh, before I get into my story, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. I'm not a trained professional. You know, this, everything I share is just my personal experience, what I've gone through, you know, what's worked for me, what hasn't worked for me. So I just want to put that out there. Uh, So I think I had anxiety as a child and just didn't realize what it was. I was a very anxious child, very worried, like, you know, the littlest of things would worry me. And I'd sort of just spend lots of time worrying about things and you know these thoughts would pop on pop it pop up in my mind and i wouldn't know like how to deal with them uh as hey
0: shamini
1: i think we lost shamini
0: she's dropped
1: it's okay oh there we go okay hello wow. you lost oh no i don't even know where i cut off
0: is is your Wi Fi on?
2: It's not my Wi Fi. You know what it was? My screen went like my screen went to sleep. But I thought it was still oh. this, okay. Okay.
0: Okay, it's fine. You can just okay.
2: Where it. did you? Where should I pick up from? What was the last thing you heard?
0: I think you were just like starting your story. And okay. That was oh, it.
1: talking about your childhood. Okay.
0: Talking about yeah. childhood. Yeah. So
2: yeah, I think I was an anxious child. You know, always worrying about things. And then as
1: I got older, I could
2: I sort of figured out what it was and could put a name to it. Uh, For me, I think the sort of like the turning point or where I really recognized, you know, it was becoming like a issue for me, you know, and it was affecting my day to day life. Uh, So in my late teens, uh, so I I went through a series of traumatic experiences over like a series of three, four years. And at that age, I was not coped or I, I wasn't. I didn't have the coping skills to deal with it and know how to properly, you know, go like deal with all that and process everything. And given that I was already anxious to begin with, I think being in that situation and not knowing how to deal with it sort of pushed me very deep into it. And it wasn't until my first real anxiety attack that, that, that was a wake up call for me. And I realized like I needed to get help from someone professionally, you know, this and I brought it up with my parents I had parents you know who were very open to it and sort of acknowledged it were willing to help and like they have been a great support system for me all throughout my life but yeah so I got you know started seeing a therapist started working through things but I was also I wasn't very open to the idea and I think I turned to other resources to sort of help with my anxiety which weren't helpful for me or you know those are not the most recommended so, like solutions. Uh, and then from there, yeah, I I feel like I'm still a work in progress. Like I'm now in my thirties. I feel like I'm still a work in progress. I still find like, I'm always tweaking things and different ways to do things and cope with it. But, and then with the pandemic, I feel like it's sort of all just, you know, flipped around upside down and now it's uh, it was back to like square one in a sense. And yeah, that's just my story in a nutshell for now. I mean, we'll, we can further explore things later and then pass it over to Avril.
1: Thank you, Shamini. Uh, but th- first I'd like to start with, thank you, Among, for having both of us here. Um, we all know each other in our yeah. personal lives sure. and we've already had a room about this. So it's really great that uh, we-, we can really find people within our community that we can relate to, relate with. And just like Shamini said, I'm not a trained professional either. This is just my personal experience. And uh, being a South Asian woman, and I know just all of us being South Asians in this conversation, uh, we do deal with a certain level of, um, like when we're raised, we're uh, raised with the standard of, you know, you need to be a perfectionist, you need to be the best at whatever you do, whether it's um, within cousins or whether it's being. The most competitive at school it's always there's always someone that you need to aspire to be or be better than and that comes with a ton of pressure and growing up with that um even though it wasn't just in my in my like with my sisters it was really more so with the extended side of my family it was a ton of pressure i didn't take the traditional route i did not go to med school and i feel like for a lot of us South Asians that's usually i think um a point of contention with our families and for me, it was always, um, I was striving for that. I was striving to, do, to be the best in whatever I chose or whatever path I picked. And I didn't realize that it became, it wasn't really, I wasn't really doing it for myself more than I was doing it to prove other people wrong that I could be the best. And that is just, so I think being raised with a mentality, it wasn't really my parents. My parents were great. They were very supportive. It didn't matter what I did. But um, it was a, there was a lot of extended family pressure of, you know, you need to be better than this person and the constant competition really, that's when it really started. And, um, growing up in, so I grew up in Dubai. I was there, um, for the first 15 years of my life and having a sister that was not, that was four years older than me. Uh, we had the same teachers. When she graduated a class, I joined that class. So, uh, we had very similar, like we had the same teachers and, uh, similar courses, and those teachers used to always hold me to her standards. They used to always be like, "You got to be like your sister. Why aren't you like your sister?" Uh, and I think having those tags and those labels really created an immense amount of pressure for me to be better, uh, to be at least as as good as my sister or better than. Um, and I constantly realized because she was so gifted and intelligent and brilliant, uh, I noticed that it came with a ton of pressure because I wasn't the same. I was built different. <laughs> and uh so i think that's where my anxiety really stemmed from but i never really knew what it was i just thought everyone taught this like they all thought the same way and so um it's normal and uh it wasn't until like i moved to canada and the same amount of like you know that i brought that same uh mindset of you know you need to be the best to uh, when i moved here i was a fresh slate it was a new start and i brought that i brought that same amount of pressure here and i kept trying to compete to be whether it was the best sister, whether it was the best at school, whether it was the best at home. It didn't matter what it was. I just wanted it. There was a lot of performance anxiety. I wanted to be the best in any, in any role I played in my personal life, professional life, whatever it was. And that was because of um, a lot of trauma growing up and other things. But yeah, I think that that's where the anxiety really stemmed from, but I didn't really realize it was debilitating or really the anxiety attack started when a really major life event happened and this was actually a few years ago it was four years ago and that's when the panic attacks started and the anxiety attacks and um a lot of that same anxiety that i never really put a name to it just sort of it wasn't the same anymore it was much worse and it got to a point where um i really like i think anyone that has had anxiety i'm sure among Shamini both have shared your stories you guys know that you know when you have those repeated panic attacks, it really takes a toll on your life. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know what events going to trigger it. And that's, I think, what really got, I, I, we can get into the event later. But I really think that once that event happened in my life, I really, I realized I needed to seek help. There was something I needed to do because I couldn't live my life that way anymore. Being someone that's generally cheerful, generally happy, and to constantly be questioning every decision, needing to seek guidance on almost everything I ever did, it, mm-hmm, it was extremely right. exhausting. And so I finally, I, I did reach out. I went, to, I went to the doctor's office. I finally got everything I needed to get, uh, get ready to go. And um, once I had that conversation and after all the tests and everything, I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed with anxiety. And um, I, don't, my, I don't really think my anxiety is social as much as it is based on performance. It is really based on the fact that every decision I make, I go from zero to hundred. Anything. It could be um, if you bring up a situation in my life, I anything. It could be as simple as okay, I need to go to the store today. I'm already thinking, um, what's the worst that can happen on my way to the store? Am I going to hit someone? Am I going to like? Those are all fears that I generally think of, and it shouldn't be every simple situation in my life. And that's when I realized there was something wrong. So. Yeah, that's my little spiel on what I've what
0: my no and has and been. I definitely think that's something no, that's something great that you shared uh, uh Avril. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if I said that correctly. Sorry about that. But I just wanna say like as you're growing up, right? So I was reading about it and it's it's this is a real thing, which um uh you know, as growing up, we don't know what these feelings are. But the one thing that is of like self perception I think that's the one thing that you question like, Oh, like you start comparing yourself to everybody else. So then what happens is like your self esteem and your, your ability to do things on like, you know, on a general level just goes to an anxiety level, which is like you overthink every little thing you're going to do. And I was actually reading about it in a book, um, you know, and it was basically your self perception from childhood. When you're, when you're in a childhood state, you're not stressed, but when you're, Older and older, and as you become an adult and when you go into adulthood, you your self perception of yourself probably goes down, and therefore you have to fight for every little thing in your life. And like you said, you go zero to a hundred, but maybe in half of those situations you don't need to do that. But the fact that you um, you feel you need you have to do that is probably because of your childhood and the mm-hmm. way all the brown the brown community, not to only is the brown community, it could be all these other communities out in the world. Um, per se, with strict religions, with strict, you know, mannerisms, strict uh, practices, even that kind of enforce those qualities for uh, for you to, you know, question yourself, right? Like self-esteem is such an important thing because you could show that you have a strong, strong sense of self-esteem, but in a lot of situations when it comes to, I guess, job or, you know, grades or something like that you feel a little bit not the best and you feel like you're not good enough in a lot of these situations and your self-perception of yourself goes down and over the years you start questioning every little thing um i know i went through it shamni do you have did you ever go through something similar to this as well absolutely uh, yeah self-
2: uh, oh i also come from a south asian background a, a, a tamil <laughs> tamil specifically i'm tamil but yeah it was the same sort of you know you're the child of a child of immigrants, I was the oldest of so I have a younger sister, I was the oldest, but i was the- o- also the oldest of my cousin, so with that just came a set of expect- and that's the thing expectations i think like they it's nothing it's not something you sign up for right it's sort of like you're you're born and depending on you know the order like, if you're the oldest, there's a set of expectations that are placed on you. If you're the middle child, there's a set of expectations. If you're the youngest, and then your your gender, like, you know, if you're a male, that comes with a set of expectations. If you're a female in the South Asian, you know, household, that comes with a set of expectations. And like the both of you said, like, as a child, that sense of, like, competition that's sort of instilled in you and you know, like, you're always told to, like, do your best and, you know, strive for greatness. And it, it's like, if you got a B, it's like, you know, why not an A? You know, you got to do better next time. And you're constantly pushed and told that you've got to do better. And, like, you're not enough. And it's like, hey, okay, you got to do better. you got to do better. And the, like Avril said earlier, was, I didn't understand that. And I thought everyone in the world or, like, you know, other kids my age thought like this and behaved like this and went mm-hmm. through this. And I didn't realize that you know it had to do with my upbringing or like you know my cultural background so I didn't know what it was and then as I got older and I saw like the impact that had on me and this like even recognizing that you know like that self-awareness of being like and then like unlearning that and sort of rewiring your brain to be like or even like going to you know back to among's point about your self-esteem being like I am worthy enough and I am good enough and You know, I am doing the best I can and not questioning that or having that take a toll on your mental health is important. But it's also like you have to recognize it. And I feel like I didn't recognize that or realize what it was until I was in my, you know, my 20s. No, and
1: I think that. Um, just w- coupled with the pressure, I think it's really just realizing, like you just mentioned, it's realizing that you have an issue in the first place. Because like you said, we think that everyone around mm-hmm. us thinks the exact same way. Does everyone create a pros and cons list in their brain exactly. before making a decision? Or is it just me? Um, can I, When people walk into meetings, I go into work meetings and I hear people being able to uh, BS their way through it. Uh, and iPad, she kind of went through that same amount of pressure. Shamini was speaking about being that older sister, uh, but she always used to march to the beat of her own drum. She always believed in being her authentic self, and it came with a it came with a ton of ton of trouble and ton of pushback uh, from the family because she 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 talked she like thought differently. She didn't operate the same as everyone else, um, and she used to think very critically. And that I think that kind of ended up putting an indirect pressure on me because she was able to, she, she didn't mind getting the consequences for her decisions and actions. And she didn't care. She was like, you know what? It hurts, but I would rather be my authentic self and live that life. And that's the kind of perspective I had about her. And I used to look at her and be like, how did she do that? How does she have the strength to be able to be so, uh, to have so much conviction in how she lives her life? And for me personally, I used to, I wanted validation from everyone that was around me growing up. I needed my teachers to tell me that I was doing a good job. I needed my parents to tell me that that was good enough. That decision was the right one to make. I needed my older sister to read over every essay I handed in university. Because And then at one point she was like, what are you doing? Like, You don't need me to read this essay to tell you it's good. You know it's good. You are going to hand it in. But why do you need me to tell you it's good? You need to be sure of your decision, and I realized my anxiety came from that that same trauma, among that we spoke about. Those those years of trauma that you don't really recognize have really caught up with you. When you get older, when you become an adult, you're like, "Oh wow, now is my time to make decisions," and I can't. I, I have a hard time making them because I've spent years trying to get other people to validate those um, to validate everything I've t- I've thought, everything I've uh, every decision I've ever made that. Now I need to kind of step out by myself. Um, and yeah, that's that's my view on it. And I can go into later about how I've worked on that. Um, but yeah, that's my little story there.
0: No, and I think what, what you shared, uh, Avril, is, um, you know, it's very important because I feel like even even with uh, Shami and I, we probably had many, many instances where we also felt like we needed to be assured like you you, like the same with me like I guess like you know coming out of college I didn't know what the what to expect with my life and then I realized like my passion is fitness right and like you both know I I can't stop talking about working out and I'm like I, I you know just keep talking about it like nonstop. but the thing is that's the one thing I would say like I found for myself and it kind of distracts me from thinking like I'm not I'm not good enough and I'm not also like, you know, trying to uh, get assurance from others. Like I I actually gained a lot of confidence in just being like, you know, just being very active at the gym, just kind of being a gym rat living there and just kind of um, figuring out what I need to work on. And slowly I started celebrating the small wins, right? Like obviously, you know, we have so many different weaknesses, all of us, but if you, I like for me, I make like five positive things I did every single day and it becomes like ten. It becomes like fifteen. And eventually it starts becoming more positive than negative. And I, I think kind of gets rid of a lot of the anxiety it used to have for every little thing. Now it's just like minuscule things versus like talking in public or just, you know, maybe just being alone sometimes. But like it's becoming a lot more um comfortable for me to be in my own skin. And before I always struggled being in my own skin I didn't think I was like meant to be Mm -hmm. here sometimes and that's kind of graphic to say but it's just sometimes I just feel like you know I'm not meant to be here and um, you know I have to like now like I'm more happy with who I am and what I like the friends I make from with my own you know with my own personality and the way I perceive things uh, I do. do you I you want to
2: go off something uh, you had you had mentioned. So even exercise, sure. I think what's really important for like those of us that do, you know, struggle with anxiety is finding ways to cope with that anxiety, and that's different for everyone, right? Like something that may work for myself may not work for one of you or someone else. So I like I I think getting you know a good amount of sleep and exercise are like do wonders i i i run and for me like i equate running to my mental health there's a direct correlation like if i get out for a run i feel much better whereas if i don't get out i I can feel that i can feel the impact of that you know in my day and even sleep that's also something so i have generalized anxiety disorder disorder so with that like i've always struggled with sleeping and like you know insomnia so like you know, getting four hours of sleep as opposed to getting like a solid eight hours makes all the difference for me. And like I have to sort of, you know, find ways to to make sure I'm getting that sleep and this like I think that's yeah, like our physical health and our mental health are equally just as important and like they work in conjunction with one another. So if one is off, you're gonna feel the toll of that
0: you know, with the other. So so you so you believe they need to like align almost, right? Like, you yeah, to align, line,
2: those- but exactly. Like if you're, if your mental health is struggling, you will feel the impacts of it. Like we carry, like we carry stress in our bodies. We carry trauma in our bodies and, you know, we automatically assume, you know, oh, it's just like, you know, an upset stomach. It's just a headache. But that's, that's also like the anxiety, you know, like taking on something like, physical something like something concrete that you can sort of this and acknowledging and like you know recognizing those signs and symptoms in your body like you know I know when I'm super anxious I get an upset you know, like my stomach will act up I have an upset upset stomach you know I'm very an- antsy you know can't sit still constantly fidgeting with something and like just recognizing those and sort of being like hey like I realize what's happening you know what's causing this for me like I think that's important for me just sort of realizing it and then being like, okay, what is causing this and sort of taking a minute to acknowledge what's happening and what may be causing that. And then sort of trying to work through that. Whereas, you know, five years ago, like I wouldn't realize it, or I wouldn't recognize it. I'd sort of just work myself. And then, you know, that would lead to more stress or I'd burn out. And then, and then that's not a good place to be in.
0: No, for sure. Um, I, I definitely think it's, those things that you just have to you know it's 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 good that you're at least more self-aware and you you know that it's something you can work on day by day and it's something that you can definitely um you know you know something something that you can like do you have any i would say do you have any like day-to-day practices that you do for your anxiety besides i was actually going to
1: add to that um it's actually kind of, I find it okay, very, okay, I sure. love when I hear other people saying, you know, I channel my energy into working out. I channel my energy into journaling. You know, like these are great things that I wish I have a heart. I'm not going to say that I cannot. It's more that I have a hard time being consistent at journaling. I have a hard time being consistent when it comes to working out. I will start. I'll have a great month of, you know, I'm working out. I'm writing my thoughts down. This is great. I will start, I'll have a great month of, you know, I'm working out, I'm writing my thoughts down, this is great. And then I have one time, once some, something happens, I get anxious and then I'm like, damn it, this didn't work, throw it away. And I stop doing it. So for me, those things never worked. And I was like, I need to really figure something out that really works for me. Because everyone, I, you, you go online and I know for a fact, maybe it's just me, but I feel really strongly that all of us at one point have Googled, what can I do to calm down yeah like how do I
2: cope with my anxiety how do I
1: cope with my anxiety Google tell me or once okay no joke no word of a lie I literally googled what am I doing with my life (laughs) and I was like why am I looking this up but anyways it was just a very anxious point in my life let me add that but uh in general like (laughs) I was trying to look at these things and they're like you know what you got to go off for a run and, you know, like, I find that amazing. I'm like, you're working your body out. You're getting your mind right. Like, this is great. That sounds amazing. Why can't I do it? I'm literally, I go out on a track. I run that first day and I'm like, I hate running. I can't do it. I think way too much. It's not a peaceful run for me at all. Like, I can't do this. So what, what works for me? And I actually quite recently stumbled on, I was trying to figure out other methods outside of just medication and, you know, um, just the regular like you know just you know eating right getting the right amount of sleep uh for me it was actually the down
2: cross legs and just like breathe in and like breathe out and sort of just like follow the breath and like you know there will be thoughts running through my mind I'll just I gotta do this after, after that but after a while like I've now done it for a few months after a while you sort of just you know like for five minutes you can turn your brain off in a sense and just like focus on the breath. And then I can come back to a task and sort of, you know, like get back into it or figure out like what exactly it is I'm trying to do.
1: Mm-hmm. No, because I for me also, um, I didn't I tried meditation. I remember it was uh, many, many years ago. Uh, it was before I was even um, diagnosed. Actually, I was like, I need to go and meditate. Uh, Everyone says meditation helps. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I'm listening to this meditation. I'm like, it's not working. I can't sit still. I cannot calm down. They're telling me to breathe. They're telling me to feel certain things that I'm not feeling at all. So what is happening? Am I broken? And literally, then I started overthinking about the fact that I'm overthinking, which didn't make any sense, but I'm sure it makes sense to you too. (laughs) But it's. It's literally just like this constant circle. I'm like, why is this not working? And then I think um, I've tried it now. And um, I actually, it was when the pandemic started that I really started getting into it, not daily. I wasn't doing a daily meditation by any means. It was, um, it was whenever I felt my mind sort of switching to that darker place to when it was, you know, I could feel my body sort of like um, shake or I could feel my mind sort of, Uh, thinking negatively, and I noticed a pattern, I would just be like, okay, I need to take a step back from my computer. I need to meditate, I just need to take some time to get away. Because this situation is, I can tell I'm going to have an anxiety attack if I continue to let this happen. So being cognizant of what is happening within your body and keeping uh, yourself in check, And stopping yourself from thinking that way, correcting that thought through a meditation and then telling yourself, I think that's what that's what has worked for me. And it's a very it's a very strict process where I have to hold myself accountable when I know I'm going through it. I cannot doesn't matter how busy work is. I have to stop what I'm doing, because if I continue, I'm just going to end up working, but with a really negative mindset and it's not going to get anything done. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've personally done. It's worked wonders for me, at least for the last year. So I hope to continue that. Um, my sister will tell you, she's not gotten any calls from me. She used to, I think, be the one person that it didn't matter what time of the day it was, I would call her and she would hear me having a panic attack and be like, there is something wrong and you're not addressing it. You can't just take medication. That's not that's not the only thing that's going to work. You need to do it in conjunction with a lifestyle change, a practice, therapy, something. You need to do something. And so I'm actually looking, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm looking to go into therapy. That is something that I've... Um, I dabbled in, in the past and I stopped, but I really need to go back because, um, I do think that to, uh, just be more aware of what has happened in the past and to, uh, pull that information that's sort of deep down in your, uh, subconscious, uh, just to pick it up and sort of see, uh, break that apart, fix that. I think that's going to do wonders because that is what started it in the first place. So, Yeah.
0: No, it's so interesting because, like, I feel like all of us had different kinds of therapy. Like, for my therapy, it was so weird because my therapist was never available to see me in person for some weird reason. So I would email him my entire day. And he would just, like, ask me, like, these questions, like, from email. And he would be like, how are you feeling? What is going on? And I would have to be very accountable. So I would tell him, like, today I felt really out of place or today I felt more confident. And, um you know, just, like... You know, it's kind of like uh, having Avril's sister around. Like, why? Wh- like, he would be like, "Oh, why are you having these panic attacks in the middle of work? Or why are you feeling like this?" And it would just be like an anchor, because you know, like I don't have like at that time, my brother was much younger, so I didn't have anyone to kind of convey my feelings to, especially brown parents. Of course, yeah. Like who yeah. wants to convey <laughs> their feelings to their brown parents, right? So, like, um, you know, when I would do that to my therapist, he would be like our age, like really young dude, very like easygoing and he would just straight up be like, hey, like, like, what are you feeling? Um, How are you going to deal with it? And he would do something like behavioral therapy with me. So it'd be like my actions before I reached that point. So he would be like, what were your actions? And I would be like, okay, like, I went to work, I drove, and then me and my boss had an argument or me and my, I had like three or four tasks at hand. And he'd be like, okay, so assess those tasks. So I look at the tasks and I'm like, okay, like these are the tasks that are giving me a lot of stress. Um, how do I deal with it? And I would actually, he would be like, take like 20 minutes yourself, watch a show, go back and do a task and then take 20 minutes again. So kind of taking breaks and seeing that behavioral pattern made my behavioral pattern much more productive at work. And I would get no like panic attacks in the middle of work. So I think that like behavioral therapy helped me out. Like I know you mentioned CBT, but that's yes. cognitive. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. mindful of what's going on. But behavioral is more like you're looking at the task at hand in that moment. And then you're just By thinking. trying to yeah. modify yeah. Yeah. Mindfulness your Mindfulness like is, is another stuff. big thing that people
2: sort of stress. And speaking of therapists, it's just something I want to share. So even when I was, you know, trying to find a therapist, I I think I saw four therapists before mm-hmm. I found the one that works for me. And like, initially I was like, you know, like, am I being picky? Like, why can't I, like, you know, you, pe- people will be like, oh, yeah, you know, I went to a therapist, I talked to it." and they like, they make it seem like it's such a simple, you know, simple procedure or simple process. And like, I went through, yeah, four therapists before I found one that sort of worked for me. And like, you know, I, I felt comfortable sharing, and like, it just worked. So I think even that, like, you don't have to feel guilty about, you know, if you meet someone, it doesn't, like you don't vibe you don't click it's okay to find another therapist you know Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) my sister said the exact same thing shavani she uh when she was looking she said that you're probably going to have a hard time she's like i've gone through so many and they just haven't worked for me i haven't clicked with anyone and uh that that's okay that's fine this is you're paying money for someone to listen to you and you know help you through it if you don't feel comfortable then that's not the right person and that is so true and uh, yeah no I'm sorry please continue that was really no great. I was that but that's the thing it's about that connection and as South Asian women you know
2: as South Asian women uh, there are a lot of therapists out there that are Caucasian and you know mm, yeah like they as you know as great as they are what they do they don't share that experience or they can't relate to it in any sense it's very foreign to them so like I ultimately ended up with like my therapist now is South Asian she also is a woman so I feel like that that in itself just put me exactly more at ease I was you know Connection. able to open up about things and knew even though she didn't understand like she didn't she didn't lived through it she understood where I was coming from given you know her background and this and like it's different for everyone right and like for some people maybe that's not a concern and they can like you know, race doesn't play a factor in it but for me that was very important
0: yeah relatability is very important especially for anything anxiety experiences connection right you have to be able to relate to someone to really break that ground and kind of connect with them on an emotional level you have to be emotionally um Mm -hmm. i guess like invested into them and you know once you make that emotional connection so easy to convey your thoughts Mm -hmm. to them and it will probably help with a lot with your anxiety but going back to um, just kind of like uh, what's Oman. the most effective... Oman. I'm so sorry. Um, I, would uh, I just say a point that to what okay. Shamini said earlier, what, 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 and I don't want to...
1: You can cut that. Sorry, you can cut, sure, you can cut sure. that part out. <laughs>
0: sorry. No, no, go, go for your point.
1: Okay, but uh, to what Shamini said, no, no, you're good, um, you're good. I know that we talked about, like, I've talked about how I talked to my uh, sister about my anxiety and the issues I've had and calling her in the middle of the night. I do think, though, that that's not a good thing to do, to put... The, the pressures and stresses you have onto your family members or onto your loved ones, it's a lot to go through, but they're also going through things and mm-hmm. to place that pressure that they need to help you in that moment, or they need to drop everything and help you fix what you're going through. I did that for years and I didn't realize my sister has her own story. She has her own struggles that she goes through um, every day. And she, she did the smart thing. She went to therapy. She sought help yeah. while I was seeking help within in her and, at one point, she was like, Avril, I need you to find another, like, I need you to find another source. I can't do this anymore. As much as I love you and I, I want to be there for you, I am going through things. And every time I hear you, it's like I, there are certain things that, actually know, it is always things that a therapist, a professional is going to help you with. That even if your family or friends listen to you, they know you. They're not going. They're gonna have a bias when they exactly. give you when exactly. they give you advice or they give you anything. Like you can ask your friends for advice on how to deal with a boy, but you can't ask your friends for advice on how to deal with yourself because they're gonna know. They're gonna see a certain side of you. They're gonna be like Avril. Like they all, all my friends see me as this cheery, excited, happy person, and I always get the whole Avril. Just switch back to your happy self, and it's like. If only it were that easy, guys, if only it were that easy. And that's, I think, the biggest takeaway for me personally that I've learned um, now, like in the last couple of years. It's that I cannot put that pressure on my loved ones. I can't do it to my boyfriend. I cannot do it to my sister because they are going through their own things as well. So just want to make sure whoever is listening, if you are doing that and making the mistake I've made, like just understand that, you know, if there are people around you that love you, that they're going to want to be there for you. And they may not even realize that it's taking a toll on them. So just be aware that you're doing that.
0: No, that's a, that's a very powerful, powerful point. I mean, you know, our people around us have people that love us, especially they, they'll never tell us to our face, like, you know, how they feel because they care more about you. And uh, you know, I've, I've gone through that. My my parents have always, um, you know, when I went through, um, you know, my own episodes and you know of anxiety and stuff, they constantly just followed up with me every single day, every single night about how I was feeling, and they kind of just wanted to be there. And um, you know, it's just everybody has their own own journey. Um, do you guys want to add anything else to this podcast?
1: I'm good. I think that we shared quite a lot I didn't even realize yeah. and I'm sure there's so much <laughs> more we can talk yeah, about it, yeah I know I feel like we're still we like scratched the surface We yeah. talked more about how we would manage the situation and how we did but in terms of the stories oh yeah. my gosh Shamini and I have had conversations about it um and you know it's it's quite it's quite interesting to know how similar your life experiences can be with other like in my case other South Asian sisters like They've all been through, we've all been through such similar situations. So mm-hmm. um, really finding the right group of people that you surround yourself with and also seeking help from professionals. I think that's the big takeaway here. Uh, but Shamanin, what do you think? No,
2: I completely agree. And if there's like one thing I could share, you know, one gem or one piece of, one piece of advice that I've gotten that's, that I've sort of you know, sure. taken with me like through these years so was, this is something uh, like a close friend of mine told me years ago and it was like, we can't always control what happens to us, but we can control how we react. And that that's something that's always like, I'll be in situations and I'll hear her voice in my head say that and I'm always like, it's, it's true, like you can't control, you are only responsible for yourself, you know, and how you react and how you go about things and how other people take that and this, like that's on them. And at the end of the day, like you are, you are your own person, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. It, it's good to just be mindful of what you say and how, how you take it. Like you, like taking criticism, right? Like people will have so many thoughts and opinions about you. They may have positive and negative ones, but just kind of the way you perceive yourself and you're like, Oh, I am a good person. I am, you know i i am someone that can uplift others i have good confidence and eventually that will manifest on its own but if yeah like if you control a reaction you control. And emotions, i mean that takes you work. know that no one takes can stop work. you it I takes think. years yeah. to
2: get this like i'm sure we all know people that you know are in like these great positions or like this and you know they still question themselves and there's still that self-doubt but just being like i think one of the main takeaways We can all take away from this and anyone listening is just be cognizant of like your like things that are popping into your mind you know feelings emotions and just like recognizing them for this and like it's not always gonna be like that right like there's no like it's easy saying you know you can choose
1: this Mm -hmm. this and this and but like we're all in situations where like we know what we should know competition competing with you're not competing by choice with the people around you but you've been told that you know like you hear your not in my case, it wasn't my parents, it was like my extended family, but it was questions like, "Oh, this girl is uh smarter because she's becoming a doctor, or this girl is smarter because she is doing this with her life like there was just so much judge so there's so much judgment that you automatically want to be a people pleaser because you're like, you don't even mean to do it, you just want to make sure." that your name doesn't come across negatively. It just, it's just a thing. And uh, we all grow with that, but I definitely think among that's a whole topic mm-hmm. on its own. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think it's so important because it was just so funny. you mentioned I that do not. You guys you watch me life on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch that. Okay. Okay. So it's basically like, basically it's just like a mom who cooks. Right. And she's really chill, but it's just so funny in the South, Asian culture like you know how the grandparents are telling the little kids like oh you're gonna be like a doctor you're gonna be a dentist you're gonna be like like you know all these like different things and the kids just like yeah I'll be a doctor dentist but in your family like bro going to med school and just graduating having those kind of scores so my biggest advice like from this whole conversation is a be selfish like about yourself mental health don't be selfish don't be mean and then uh be cognizant and just to sum everything up just you know control your reactions to people and how they influence you because at the end of day you guys can influence yourself yeah as well, much as we can be our yourself, worst
2: right like so. our own worst critic we can also be our biggest cheerleader yeah. oh
1: yes for sure i feel like this like that's i think the biggest um uh, I think lesson I've learned it's not to be too hard on yourself. I think when you have anxiety, mm-hmm. you automatically just like you said, Shamini, you're your own worst critic, and um, being so difficult on yourself because you made a mistake that has like it's it's less about what other people have said, but more about what I have heard, what I think about what other people think of me. And exactly, it's, it may not it may not even be like I think it was. Um, it's a famous saying. It's I'm not what I think I am. I'm not who I think I am. I am what you think I think I am. Mm-hmm. So. And that saying I remember hearing for the yes, first time yes, I'm like I, I cannot like that's so profound to me this I think it was Cooley that said that and it was um, when you hear that it's literally it is that you, th- someone else might not even be thinking about you, but you think that they think about you a certain way and you act in accordance to that. That is so that's so harmful to yourself. And even the whole med school conversation, like for me personally, I have the grades I wanted. I was like, I need to go into the science field. I need to go and become a doctor and all of these things. And at the end of my first second year, I changed that. I didn't tell anyone that I wanted to do that. I just wanted to prove everyone wrong. I was like, if I want to be a doctor, I can be a doctor. It's not because they're saying I cannot be. And then I realized I had to catch myself and be like, do I even want to do this? I have no passion to become, I don't want to be a doctor. It's not something I've ever been interested in. The only reason I ever went into that program or whatever I did in university was because I was trying to please all these people that are not, they they have not contributed to my life in a positive way in any way. So why am I doing this? So having to catch myself, stop myself from thinking like that and do something I truly love, it took a lot of guts. And I just, that's, I think, how we can really summarize this conversation it's really don't be too hard on yourself it is a journey no one has it figured out you can be you can go and seek help from your parents like I did and get advice from everyone older than you but they're also trying to figure things out and they're guessing everything just like you are so give yourself credit when it's due and hold yourself accountable when something goes wrong but don't harm yourself in the process of doing all of those things
2: exactly like practice compassion
1: that whole topic of, you know, what will people say about the degree you choose and all of that. So we can definitely go into that another day. But thank you so much again. And yeah, I'm done.
0: <laughs> For sure. Yes.